0: sharing their stories and expertise to inspire you, help you succeed, and set your soul on fire. Welcome back to another episode of Females on Fire. I am super excited that you're here, but before we dive into our topic for today, I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by my new course, I am super excited to launch this into the world because I think it is going to help so many of you. So if you have ever thought about starting a podcast, or if you have started a podcast, but it's not growing the way that you want, or you feel like there's still a few things that you need to learn, then my new course, Podpreneur, is for you. That's right. You can become a podcasting entrepreneur in one easy and affordable course. I am telling you, this course is jam-packed with content that teaches you everything that you could possibly need to know about podcasting, from coming up with an idea and naming your show, to editing and publishing episodes, to marketing and monetization, plus there are tons of free resources, workbooks, and discounts all throughout the course that you probably will not find anywhere else. It is the most content-packed thing I have ever created, and I am super excited about it. So if you are interested in learning more or signing up, we are doing a special pre-launch where you will get over half off the price starting on Cyber Monday and running all the way through December 23rd of 2019. So if you want to check that out, head over to hayleyluckadoo.net slash podpreneur and read all about the course and get signed up before the price goes up in 2020. I promise you a podcast is a fantastic thing for your business. You're going to love doing it and I'm going to love getting to teach you all the things about podcasting and making you a podpreneur. Hello ladies and welcome back. Today is going to be a really good one, though may seem a little overwhelming on the surface. Today I am going to talk with Paige Griffith, and Paige is the founder of The Legal Page, which is a virtual law firm working with online businesses and wedding industry professionals. Paige is a certified jurist doctor barred in the state of Montana and holds a double BA in economics and policy science. After working as a federal law clerk, Paige traded in the traditional law life for a virtual one and opened the doors to the legal page where she helps her clients run legal and protected businesses and counsels them on issues related to contracts, intellectual property, privacy, and business law. Her mission is to create an online space where the law isn't so scary and entrepreneurs can get legally legit in no time. And today, I am going to be talking with her about running a legal audit for your business. Now, I know that might sound a little bit scary and who even knows what that is, but Paige is gonna tell us exactly what it is, why it's important to your business, and then she's going to quickly touch on the 10 checklist items that you need to run through to perform this audit and how you can find out more about each of those 10 things and how to really make sure that your business has them and has them running smoothly so that you can be confident in the legal back end of your business. Hi Paige, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I am definitely excited because we're going to talk today about performing a legal audit, and I know a lot of people don't even know what that is, and (laughs) it probably sounds like something super complicated and really foreign to them, so I'm just really excited to get all of your advice on this subject, but before we do that, can you tell everybody a little bit about you and who you are and how you got into this line of work and just your whole story? Yeah. So thank you
1: so much for having me, Haley. I'm very excited to be here. Uh, I have kind of a background that lots of people would not expect to go side and side together. Um, But throughout my career, I have ran multiple businesses. I, of course, am an attorney, which is why I'm here to talk about doing a legal audit on your business. But pretty much my story begins about eight years ago in the entrepreneurial world. And I was starting to go to law school. And that involves reading and writing all day long in very intense classes. And I had always had a creative side. I um, grew up doing, you know, all kinds of arts and crafts. I was a theater geek growing up. I've done speech and debate forever. And I just knew going into law school that I still needed a creative outlet to get me through and to have something that was completely different than what I was doing, which is reading and writing. And so I had always had a passion for photography and I decided that I would start a photography business. Just one of those people, like, a bazillion of you out there and some of you probably tuning in where you just have this idea and you throw it out there on social media. You kind of slap together a website and you're like, okay, I'm open for business. And I started out, of course, just like word of mouth, taking friends and family, doing building a portfolio, doing free sessions. And then it just kind of ballooned from there. I went to law school in my hometown of Missoula, Montana. I had gone to undergrad out in the Seattle area. So I'd come back to Montana for law school, um, primarily because it was very inexpensive to do um, in-resident, like resident tuition. And uh, I also just love the law school here. So when I came back to my hometown, it was a little bit easier to start my own business than, um, you know, starting it in some random city that I didn't have any connections. And the photography business just blossomed during law school. I really got into building my own business, being a boss, you know, running online marketing and getting prospective clients through social media. And my photography business turned into a six-figure business within about three years. And so by the end of law school, I was working really hard and academia had kind of always been my life. And I decided to take a federal clerkship. I was offered the position as my second year. So law school's three years. And as a second year, I was offered the position I still wasn't sure like what photography was doing for me at that point. And I decided to go and be a law clerk, which is a very sought after position. I worked really hard. I had always like gotten good grades, done all of the extracurricular activities. And I was like, this is it. I've made it. I cannot wait to work for this judge and be in the courtroom all the time. And it was a phenomenal job. It's a temporary position. So it's a two-year position after law school. And the the beauty of it was I got to practice many different types of law. Um, I wasn't actually a practicing attorney, like bringing on clients, but I got to see other people in the courtroom with various types of law that they were arguing in various cases and I had a docket and I was working side by side with a federal judge and it was phenomenal. The one thing is he was so amazing about allowing me to continue to run my photography business on the side as long as it didn't impede with my work. So, you know, I had my eight to five and for two years I was a federal law clerk and it was more than just an eight to five some weeks. It was very intense work And then in the evenings and on the weekends, I still ran my photography business. And by my second year of working with the judge, I was shooting about 25 to 30 weddings as well. So needless to say, I had about two full-time jobs. And it was really, it was just insanity in all respects. And when I finished my clerkship, like I said, it's a temporary position. And it kind of leads you to the trajectory of, what type of law do you want to practice? And you kind of have law firms, you're, you're very well sought after because you've seen behind the curtain, you've drafted orders for a federal judge, you've seen how other attorneys read and write and what judges actually like, you've, you know, sat in on really intellectually stimulating conversations. And so you're really, you're, you've kind of got some positions for you on a gold platter and you can go work for a law firm, which is wonderful. It's, this is a huge resume builder for lots of people. And it's a good stepping stone to get into, you know, a law firm or big law or whatever you want to do with your legal career. And that's what I like to call the traditional path. <laughs> because I was at that crossroads where I said, you know, I love my photography business. I would kind of started the legal page blog. I had started blogging, doing some freebies out there, and just seeing if the legal page would stick. And it did. And so I decided to forego the traditional law world and work for a law firm. And I started my own law firm. It's a virtual law firm called The Legal Page. And I help all kinds of small businesses and online entrepreneurs grow their business the legal way and protect themselves the right way. So I was able to marry both of my passions of, you know, being a creative entrepreneur and also my legal background into one. And that's where the legal page came from. I still am a photographer, so I still do shoot a little bit. Obviously not as much because now I am so jazzed and pumped about the legal page and helping other businesses and photographers grow their own businesses, um, but doing it you know, doing risk assessments and liability assessments and also just like doing things the legal way. (laughs) Because lots of people, that's the whole problem that I've learned is there was this void in the industry of people not really knowing what to do There's just misinformation out there. I think there's a lot of information. So it's kind of information overload when you go and Google something like, what insurance do I need to get as a photographer? Then you have like 60 blogs that come up and you don't know which one is right and you're confused. And then you just kind of like shove those legal heebie jeebies under the rug again for like the fifth time. And so I'm here to just kind of open that conversation up. I now have an online legal page contract template shop where people can buy contract templates. I work with people one-on-one with intellectual property issues and some contract work. So that's where I'm at now. So that's how the legal page grew to be what it is today. And that's kind of a little bit of my background.
0: That is such an incredible story. And I think the thing that I love most about it is that for a little while there, you really hustled. I mean, you were working two full-time jobs and that is not an easy thing to do, but you were doing it.
1: Yeah, that is, you totally hit the nail on the head there, Haley, because I really truly feel like if anyone knows hustling, it's definitely me. And I, you know, I have online courses. I have an online mastermind where I teach other business, other, you know, hopeful entrepreneurs that want to run really successful businesses. I teach them kind of my strategies, uh, and ways to do it in a healthy way because, you know, for a lot of us, we did it in a non-healthy way for a long time and how you can, I I truly, truly believe that you don't just have to like cut off your full-time income to become an, like an entrepreneur. I think you can do it part-time for a while while you're still having a full-time job. I like to call that, you know, the eight to five on the side. Um, And yeah, I I totally know what hustling is. I know what it means. I know how hard you have to work to make your dreams come true. Uh, And you can do it. You can do it. But I don't think it comes easy. I do think that people need to realize it does take a lot of hard work.
0: I completely agree with that. And I, I just think it's a nice reminder too, because you know, there's so many people out there who like, they want it so badly to work They're You know, they've got this dream and they're working really hard for it, but Mm -hmm. they get to this point where it's like too hard and they're like, well, it shouldn't be this hard. It's so easy for everybody else. Maybe I'm not cut out for this and they want to quit. And I think you know, especially with like social media being the way it is, and and all of that. I think it's so easy to look at everybody else and think that it came so easily for them, but you don't yeah. know the backstory. You don't know where they worked two full time jobs for over a year and and really hustled for it and have built it up to what it is. So it's, I think it's just a nice reminder, you know, to anybody who's in that position that you can't quit. You've got to really keep at it, especially when it gets hard in order to get to that point where, you know, you can take time off, you can relax, you can, you know, not have to hustle 24 seven all the time and still have a really successful profitable business. So I I love that story.
1: I totally agree with you. And I will just end that on saying like everyone who thinks that it just comes easily in like six to 12 months is pretty sorely mistaken. I think behind like every quote unquote successful, whatever you define success to be, but lots of people define it as like, you know, a profitable business. People who have a good work life, you know, integration together, uh, have some, you know, time off throughout the year more than you would like working, you know, for the man nine to five, whatever that would be like your two weeks. Lots of people define that as success. And I think behind every successful business, if that's what we're going to call it, is about three to five years of hustle. <laughs> so, um,
0: Totally yeah, agree. I'm like,
1: if you just look at anybody's story and you've listened to any podcast or you've sat in a conference and listened to anybody's story who's on stage, there is always three to five or more years of hustle and learning experiences and successes and failures and picking yourself back up again from your bootstraps and like, you know, moving on and charging forward through your business. And again, like making your passions and your dreams come to life is, it takes a while and it takes a lot of hustle. So.
0: Absolutely. 100% (laughs) agree with that. All right. Well, let's dive in and talk about legal audits because I know you have so much advice on in this area and I'm really excited to hear it and to give it to our audience. So first and foremost, can you just tell everybody what a legal audit is and why it matters to their business?
1: Okay. So this is a great place to start Haley, because you said the word legal audit and like immediately I think there's a bad connotation to that. And so I'm going to try to strip that away from everybody's minds right now. So most people know what a tax audit is. And I think that's why everybody gets like, "Wow, like I'm freaking out. But that is when, of course, the IRS or your state comes and looks through all of your finances. This is mostly your business finances to ensure that you've reported all of your finances correctly on the tax return that you filed for your business. A legal audit is very similar to this, but it's not as scary because you're not going to have some like judge like knocking on your door looking through your business. This is something you do on your own. And I suggest that every small business does a legal audit. And you can do this on your own, which is why I teach about DIYing a legal audit by yourself. You can also of course do it through an attorney and this is where like larger car- corporations and businesses are doing this. Like they have counsel that does legal audits on their business all the time, if not weekly, monthly, all the time. So this is where we're kind of, I guess, failing as small business owners is we're never doing this ourselves. And there's no way we can afford to pay you know, lawyers upwards of $500 an hour to do this, right? So we have to do it on our own. And a legal audit is quite simply, Haley, an appraisal of your business operations to determine your business's compliance with the laws and regulations that apply to it. So I like to call it risk assessment for your business. Are you, it's like, are you complying with all of the laws that you need to comply with as a business owner? And I like to think of a legal audit more like an insurance policy because you're going to notice the cost right away. Like when we, you know, pay our premiums for insurance, you're going to notice that cost because you're going to be probably taking some time out of your week to do a legal audit, which is, you know costly because you're not working on something that provides an ROI to your business. But you are going to reap the benefits like a hundredfold because you're going to discover and diffuse problems by being proactive. So seeing things that could come up and holes in your business, liabilities that present itself from instead reacting to them in the future which could cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars. So a legal audit is just like a checklist. You're just going to go through your contracts, uh, your, you know, budget and financial statements. You're going to go through your insurance. You're going to go through like a business entity and business documents. And then you're going to go through, you know, team members. And another thing I like to add on for online entrepreneurs is like the online legalities of your business. So those are primarily the big things that you want to do. Um, when you are performing a DIY legal audit on your business.
0: I love how easy you made it sound. I know you said that. (laughs) I I know you said that was the point. That's what you wanted to do was make it sound not so scary, but I, I love how you just broke it down and you were like, it's really just a checklist. It doesn't have to be scary. It's not this big, huge, you know, thing that you have to tackle in your business. It's just a little bit of your time and a checklist and you just get it done. So you can say that it's done and not have to worry about it. So I love how you broke that down.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I really don't want this to be challenging for people. I just want people to know that they need to sit, just have a sit down with yourself or your team members. A lot of our team is like ourselves, right? We wear all the hats and I just want you to like have a moment where you can think about these things. And think about it from a liability and risk assessment perspective versus we're always thinking about, okay, what can we put out there into the world and how can we get more clients and how can we get more money? like I want you to think about, okay, back end of things, how is the business actually running and what could potentially happen in the future?
0: Yeah. And I think the scary part for a lot of people is just not wanting to dive into the what if that you just said, because it's so scary to think about like, if our business is not actually running the way it's supposed to, or the way we want it to. And you know, it's, it's scary to have to get those things in order, but that's why I think it's so important. And that's why I was so excited to have this conversation with you because If you can get those things in order, if you know that you're doing everything the right way and everything is legal and everything is good, then moving forward, it's so much easier to go out there and get new clients. It's so much easier to go post things on your social media and run your business with confidence because you know that it's being run the right way and that you're going to be safe, you know, from all of those potential You know, mishaps in the future. So that's why I think it's so important that we're having this conversation. And I'm so excited, you know, to hear you dive into this.
1: Well, thank you. And I, just want to touch on that really quickly because I talk about the legal what-ifs a lot. That's actually a title of a lot of talks that I give at conferences. And the issue is, is I think we, as online business owners, it's so much easier just to like slap up and become a business online nowadays because the industry as a whole and economy is moving more online. And we totally forget that When you used to have to open a business as a brick and mortar, you had to do a bunch of things legally to be able to open your doors to the public. Like There were so many checkboxes that you had to ensure were checked off. And we just don't do that anymore. So now I feel like we're just playing the lottery with our businesses. (laughs) And I don't want to play the lottery with my business because I've put so much time and energy and money and passion into growing this business to where I want it to be. And I don't want something to happen the what ifs later on. That's like you saying, okay, I'm not going to get car insurance and I'm just going to go out on the highway and like, I have no idea if someone's going to run into me or not. And your state regulates that you have to get insurance for that very purpose. And so we need to think like that. We need to ensure that all of these what-ifs that could happen later on, you're not waiting for the day that it occurs. We want to sleep better at night knowing that we have tried our darndest right now to protect ourselves and legalize our business so that when those things happen, we're ready for them. And you're not backpedaling. You have a good footing to stand on and you're ready to proceed ahead in that type of, I like to call them sticky situations that come up. So if you want me to, I can kind of just briefly talk about, um, I'm not gonna get into the nitty-gritty for people because I don't want to overwhelm you, but I can just give you a checklist of the things that you need to go over. And then um, yeah, Haley, I have a really fun freebie for everyone that's listening in and I'll tell you guys at
0: the end. Yeah, absolutely. I would love for you to just run through this checklist, tell everybody what it is that they're looking for so that way, you know, they can go perform like a legal audit for their business and, and really get on track. So I'd love to hear you just kind of dive in a little bit to each of those checklist items and give them, you know, something they can add to their to-do list and just check off really easily.
1: Perfect. So these are the 10 things that I think you should look through when you're doing a legal audit. Again, this is super simple. You guys, I have a checklist. I'm going to give it to you. So don't worry. The first thing is, of course, contracts. We use contracts every day with our clients, and we want to ensure that those are legitimate. They protect us. They protect our clients as well. I firmly believe in two-sided contracts. Working for a judge, I know that they hold up better in a court of law. So you want to ensure that you have roles, responsibilities, and rights, and vice versa, that your clients do as well. Um, of course, they're a little bit more cited towards you as a business because you're the service provider. Um, I'm hopefully talking to a lot of service providers here. If you have tangible products, this would also pertain to you. But you just want to make sure that you're protecting your business. Check for any holes. And there's lots of ways to do this, and I have it on my checklist. So you just want to make sure that, you know, the correct parties are signing the document. Each clause in your contract is concise, clear, to the point. And that your headings are clear, bold, everything's organized correctly. It's easy for your clients to find things in the contract. So they can't come back and defend themselves and say, well, I didn't know that was in there. And then with contracts, the biggest thing I always suggest, that's why I suggest legal audits every six months is because things come up, right? Like you've had something occur with a client in the past that you need to address in your contract now and amend it modify it so that it's very clear in the future that this is your business policy on that and If you do it, if you do a con like a legal audit once a year, you're going to forget about things. That's why I say every six months minimum. People do this every quarter in their business as well, which is really good because then you're looking, you have fresh eyes on your contract and you're seeing it from a perspective of okay, this is what happened. These are the things that I don't have in my contract that I need to add in. Or a client was confused on X clause. So I need to modify that and make sure it's more clear to the next client that I have signed the contract. So those are things that you want to do with your contracts. The second thing is business structure. So you want to make sure, are you a sole proprietor? Are you a limited liability company? Should you be looking into becoming an S corporation? Are you incorporated? Uh, I have all kinds of resources on that for you guys. So feel free to like check out my I have a podcast as well, the Legal Page Podcast. We go deep into this, and Haley, that would take a while. But that's kind of the, you know, you need to check out your business structure. Is it set up? If you're a limited liability company, are you paying your annual dues? You have to file an annual report everywhere. Just make sure that you're legal in your state and that you have all of the permits and licenses that you need. Make sure you're checking with your county. People forget this step. So does your county have any permits that you need to have in place to be an at-home business? Again, because our economy is changing to more online, the governments are slowly changing and understanding that that's what's happening too. And so they have permits and licenses for you running an at-home online business and you need to check into that. The third thing, Haley, is taxes, So, uh, (laughs) like be all end all is if make sure, make sure you're saving enough for your taxes, make sure you're paying quarterly taxes. If you need to be doing that, make sure you talk to an accountant. If you're confused, (laughs) that's pretty much the easiest way to say there's so many things about taxes, but make sure you're doing that with a legal audit labor. Of course, independent contractors versus employees who is working for your team. If you have a team, Um, What do their contracts look like? Make sure that they are looking more like an independent contractor if they are doing contract work. Um, I have actually a bunch of good resources that are coming up here in the next month regarding, you know, the difference and when the scale starts weighing more in favor of an employee, You need to be careful of that because if you do get audited by the IRS, which is a tax audit, you could be in big doo-doo because you're going to be paying taxes and penalties for misqualifying them as a contractor. So look at your labor. Look at your team members. Um, you, you You need to check in on that. The fifth thing is insurance. So do you have insurance for your business? What does your insurance policy look like? Have you had any claims against your business in the past, you know, six months or year when you're doing your legal audit? And are you self-insuring? Uh, do you have enough in your savings to cover for things? Do you have enough in your savings to cover um, a deductible if your insurance policy does get implicated? Things like that. The sixth thing is intellectual property. So have a check-in. Do you have trademarks? Do you need to get trademarks? Do you know what a trademark is? <laughs> And then copyrights. What, what copyrights do we have? This is for lots of photographers out there, graphic designers, website designers. We own copyright to a lot of different things. So, um, is your, are your copyrights secure? Are they doing, do you need to do anything in the copyright realm for your business? Like I said, I'm just scratching the surface here, Haley, and people are probably having all kinds of questions in their minds as I'm going through this list. And that's why a legal audit is so important because there's a lot more with all of these 10 things that you need to look into. Um, but that's why the checklist is so awesome because it just allows you to like, make sure you're checking it off and you're thinking about it. And if you can't check off a certain box, then you need to look into it a little bit more when you're doing a legal audit. The seventh thing is website policies. So online legalities are becoming more and more prevalent across the United States. And of course, across the world, we all know about the GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulation that happened in Europe. And everybody freaked out in the United States because if you have anybody from the EU that's going to your website, you need to comply. Um, But Just to like boil this down, you, if you are generating any like newsletter lists, if you're gathering people's personal information on your website in any form, you are required by law to have what's called a privacy policy. And that's across the United States. So you need to get a privacy policy up on your website. And then, of course, you want to have website terms and conditions. And that is your business's terms and conditions. Conditions for a user coming to your website. It's going to have things like copyright protection, um, you know, like making sure that there's, a, you have to be the age of majority to use the website. If you have an online store, any type of e commerce, you're going to want terms and conditions of your website. Those are the two big things for website policies. Eight is unfair business practices. This one's a little more, um, in involved because it has to do, it's a non-issue for new businesses, but if you have a lot of disposable income that you're spending on like marketing or advertising, like over $500 per month, if you're in that category, you need to probably go check out your un, your unfair business practice laws in your state because you want to ensure that you're complying with consumer protection laws. And these are becoming more and more, I would say, like they're being argued more in the legal world. So consumers have a lot of rights under these consumer protection laws. And if you're not abiding by them, any consumer could come and, you know, file a claim against your business for violating these types of laws. And they usually have to do with like deceptive marketing practices. And this is why I say it's more for like intermediate, mid-level businesses to like businesses who are spending a lot on marketing and advertising. So usually not an issue for newer businesses, but if you are, you know, spending a lot on Facebook ads, you really need to look into that. Um, the ninth thing is personal matters. <laughs> and Haley, lots of people don't actually ever think that this is in their legal audit, but when you own a business, you no longer are in W2 world is what I like to call it. And so you're not getting a W-2 from your employer. They're not like helping you save in your 401k. You know, you're not having health insurance from your employer anymore. So you need to make sure that you get lined up a lot of your personal matters because you're not only a business owner for, you know, in protecting your business, your business is also helping protect your livelihood and your personal estate. So make sure that you're checking in on your own wills and trusts Um, make sure you have some powers of attorney in place. If you need a living will, there's also a digital asset, uh, designation that I think is really important for a lot of us who have different things in the online space, which is like, okay, I have a Facebook account, an Instagram account, email accounts, website accounts. What happens if something were to happen to me? How do people access those? And so that's called a digital asset directive. So things like that about personal matters is always something you need to check in on as a small business owner. And then just doing a massive, well, massive is the wrong word. Just doing a general uh, risk assessment on pending or potential threatening litigation that could occur. So have you had any client issues that have come up over the year? Um, I want you to kind of put those into a spreadsheet or a document instead of just like having them in your memory <laughs> and trying to forget about them. I actually want you to put them on paper and determine whether those issues could ever develop into something, any type of sticky situation. And if they could, I want you to think about ways or work with an attorney on ways that you can resolve that issue before something bad, like really bad could occur. And this is what large corporations do all the time. And this is something that we forget to do. We like to just, you know, in one ear, out the other, the issue like the person never responded back. So I think we're good. Maybe you need to look at that situation again. So those are the 10 things. I know I went through those really quickly, but I just wanted to scratch the surface for you guys so you could get an idea of all of the things that are involved in a legal audit, but how you can just check out those boxes and make sure that every six months or so your business is protected to the best of your ability.
0: Yeah. I know that was a lot and might seem overwhelming to somebody listening, but I love that, you know, I know you were just sort of touching on the surface of those, but I love that, you know, you just ran through it and said, okay, here's this thing. And here's a couple of things involved with that. And here's step number two and a couple of things involved with that. And it really was just sort of an easy checklist. And so I think that, you know, as I know that was a lot of information, it can seem really overwhelming, but I think when you really look at everything you just said, you realize how easy it actually is to just go through and say, okay, I have this, this looks good. I don't have this. We should get that in place and just run through those things. Mm -hmm. And like you said, doing that every quarter or every six months, you know, it really gives you that confidence in your business. And that legal standing that you need to know that you're safe and everything is good and everything is running smoothly.
1: Yeah. And if you are overwhelmed, which a ton of people are, don't worry about like being the only one in that boat. I want you to just break it down. Like don't do all of this at once. Okay. So I say every six months. Okay. So we have, you know, what is that? Like 26 weeks to do it. So let's do one of these every other week so really break it down and look at your contracts for this week and then in a couple of weeks you can go next to say like online legalities. I don't want you to feel overwhelmed in doing this all the time. I just want you to check in with these things. So if you just take bites out of the out of the apple and you do you you do this yourself every so often, you are going to be miles ahead of your colleagues in the industry and your business is going to be so much more legal and you are, like I said, you're going to be ready. You're going to be proactive, ready for things that could happen versus other people who are just going to be reacting to sticky situations. So like I just, like Haley and I said, it might be overwhelming, but just break it down. And I have a legal audit workbook for everybody tuning in. So um, I'll make sure to get that to you, Haley. So all of your listeners can use that as a guide Um, when you're walking through a legal audit on your own.
0: Yeah, definitely. And we will put that in the show notes. So it's nice and easy to access along with Paige's podcast and the website and link to her shop and all of those things. That way you guys listening can grab all of her amazing resources (laughs) and make sure that your business is super legally covered and everything is running good.
1: Yeah, and it, again, if you guys, I'm an open book. So if you have any further questions, like I just, you know, barely touched on something, and you're like, okay, Paige, I have more questions about that self-insuring, or I have more questions about organizing my contracts, whatever it is, um, please feel free to reach out to me. I would love to talk to you about your specific needs and then we can work together in guiding you in the right direction as well cuz sometimes we just need to like actually talk to an attorney or an accountant or somebody who like has better knowledge than we do in this like you guys are an expert in the businesses that you own and obviously there's experts for everything so we need to like use the experts to our advantage
0: definitely well i think this was So much great insight, such great advice, and I'm so excited for our listeners to get to hear it and apply it to their businesses. But since it's the end of the episode, I always do a fun little lightning round that I just think is a great way to end an episode with our guests. So, are you ready? I'm so ready. Let's do it. What is the first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning? Ooh, I snuggle with my dog. Oh, I love that. I'm a dog person. I have a little dog too. So I love all the snuggles.
1: Oh um, yeah. My dog is fluffy and huge and I just love her. It's a problem.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. My favorite. All right. What is the last book that you read?
1: Ooh, I'm currently reading. Everything is Outable by Marie Forleo oh. For that I finished uh, the great alone. Oh my gosh, it's so good. It's by uh, Kristen Hanna and it's like this book about going to Alaska and that's just like a novel. It's so wonderful. I try to go back and forth. That's like a tidbit about me. I try to do like some fiction novel and then I try to do like a business book and interchange them.
0: I love that. That's very smart. And I haven't read everything that's outable yet, but I am dying to. <laughs> it's super good. I love yeah. her. Yeah, I love Marie and I am so excited to read it. What is one thing that you recommend to everyone? So this can be a service you use, a product you love, an item you have, whatever you want. But something that you feel like everybody has to have.
1: Everyone needs a contract.
0: There you go. (laughs) If I were to like
1: tell any business owner, like the one thing that you need to ensure that your business is good to go, please make sure you have a legit contract that's protecting your patootie. Love I guess it. that's what I would tell everyone to get.
0: Love it. Very smart answer. <laughs> Last question. What is either your favorite quote or the best piece of advice that you have ever been given?
1: The best piece of advice that I have ever been given is to go with your gut because your visceral, like human uh, bodily reactions to things are usually always right. And you're in follow your intuition, follow your gut, because if something doesn't feel right, then you shouldn't push forward in that. But if something like really elates you and you you get a really excited response from it, then you know you're headed in the right direction as a business owner.
0: I love that. I think that's very good advice. Very good advice to always, 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 always follow. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. Well, tell everybody where they can find you. What's your website, your social? Give them all the places you want them to follow along.
1: Great, so you guys can follow me at the legal page on Instagram, um, at the legal page on Facebook, and then if you also type into Facebook, the legal page community, we have a free community that you can come join and ask any business or legal related questions. We have a very active group. So you're going to learn a lot from other people asking questions as well. If you don't have any questions right now, that's okay. Um, and then thelegalpage.com is where you can find me and you can find the online contract template shop where you can buy contracts and clauses to help protect yourself
0: more. Awesome. And like I mentioned before, we will link all of that in the show notes. So nice and easy to find for you guys. But Paige, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and you just coming on here and sharing all of this wisdom and all of this advice on something that I know can be a little overwhelming for some people and a little bit scary. And I just loved how you broke it down and made it seem so simple and so easy. And I just really appreciate you just taking the time to share your insight.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me, Haley. And thanks everyone for listening in.
0: Well, ladies, that's it for this time. But don't forget to head over to the show notes to grab special bonus content from our guests. I'd love if you could show your support for the show. So if you have just a minute, leave a five-star review about how much you love this podcast. Then head over to femalesonfirepodcast.com and grab your Females on Fire apparel. Get a t-shirt, hat, and more because it all goes to fund the podcast and don't forget to show off your new swag to all your friends on social media and tag me at females on fire and at Haley Luckadoo. I'll be back next week with another great show for you, but until then keep reaching for those dreams that set your soul on fire.